0: Goodness, it's already been such a special morning, special fellowship, special music, beautiful, and now we get to look at the body, the body that Jesus Christ has given us. And I have some some words that I want to share with you at the outset, and they're going to seem like a little strange words, and if you'll just... Stay with me, you will understand, because we are talking about body, the body of Jesus Christ, and we're talking about embracing being connected. I believe in connectedness. But right now, I'm going to put these words out in front of you because the first word is selfishness. Selfishness means that you're looking out for only yourself. The word isolated, that means that nobody else is in your life. Alone, you're all by yourself. Single, you're not part of a group. Individualistic, you're depending on only yourself. And independent... Mm. You depend and trust and relate to no one else. Now I'll tell you a little story about independence and it happened in this building. It happened about 45 years ago. Way back down the long hallway. My wife and I and our two little girls had been a member here for a few months. And this was before we started teaching a Bible study class. I was in a class of about 30 people. And I was sitting there in the class, my wife and I, and the teacher was teaching and the class was discussing and they'd spent about 15 or 20 minutes celebrating the concept of independence. I mean celebrating it, talking about it was absolutely the way to be, absolutely what they were to teach to their children, absolutely the way we were to live, independently, and I was troubled to the very core of my being, and I stood up, I decided I wasn't going to sit down and say what I had to say, but I stood up and got the teacher's attention and I said I would just like to make a short statement. Fine, Don. I said, independence is a satanic concept. I said, if there's anybody in this class, and I held up my Bible, and I said, if you can show me where independence is in Scripture, then I will change my entire concept. Now, folks, this was 45 years ago. I've said that same statement to hundreds, maybe to thousands of people over the past years. I say it to you today. If you can show me independence where we're not to relate to anybody, we're not to be dependent on anybody else, and the extent of that is is that we're not even supposed to be dependent on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is a satanic concept. And I have never had one person come up to me with scripture in hand and say, look, Don, there, independence. No. And again, again, I will say that if you want to show me that. Now, I'm absolutely 100% confident that it's not there. And so these words, selfishness, isolated, uh, individualistic, do you understand that we in America live in an individualistic society? We celebrate independence. Now, I understand the patriotic concept of that. However, we have made independence an idol. And I'm very concerned about that because then we look at some other words. I love the word interdependent, interrelatedness, particularly among the Christian family, the Church of Jesus Christ. I love the word community versus individualistic. Those are two very opposite concepts. And we live in a community a community of this local church, a community of the church of Jesus Christ. We live in community where we are sharing the same values. We're believing the same things. We are united in and through the intimacy, and I use that word very, very by by design. We are united in the intimacy of the love of Jesus Christ. And in that, we are a community bound together as the body of Jesus Christ. We're not individualistic. We're not independent. What what did God say? What did he say in the very dawn of creation? It's in the second chapter of the book of Genesis, verse 18. He had just created man. Now, God and man are there together. But what did God say? It is not good for man to be alone. Now from that, why do we live in an individualistic society? Why do we live where people tell us that we're not to be interrelated with other folks? We're to take care of number one. Well, I'm very concerned and that's why today We come to say here in King's Grand Baptist Church, we need to embrace being connected with each other in and through the love of Jesus Christ. Now, interdependency. I said I love that term. But you have to be careful, and I'm going to digress here just a little bit. Occasionally, some of my psychology slips into my sermons. But in 1980, there became a term in our society that became somewhat popular, and it still is today, and there are some some points of validity to this concept. The term is codependency. Now, some people get codependency and interdependent and community mixed together, because Codependency in its harshness and its dark side indicates that people are too, are they obsessive about seeking to be related to other people, that they have to have it? Well, I gotta tell you, and I've studied psychology for a hundred years, maybe not quite that long, but I have struggled with the term codependency because. I want us to be interdependent. I want us to be interrelated. No, I don't want us to be on the dark side where we are manipulative or controlling or angry. And some of that is part of codependency. So please understand, I'm not encouraging you or me or any of us to be codependent. But I am encouraging us through the Lord, and through truth of Jesus Christ to be interrelated and interdependent. Now, actually, codependency, that term, has now been laid aside by the psychological world, and now it's called self-love deficit disorder. Now, doesn't that sound like a psychological term? And yes, it is. Self-love deficit. That means there are a lot of people that do not have proper self-love. Now, my question to you is, where do you get proper self-love? One place. Jesus Christ said to the Pharisee, the Pharisee said, Master, what's the greatest commandment? He said you're to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, and you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, guess what? And I've said this to you before. There are three loves in that statement. A lot of people say there are two. Love the Lord and love your neighbor. No. I hear a third. love the Lord yes and from God's love and God's concept that's where you get proper self love because he says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you have the right the invitation, the privilege if you would through the intimacy with Jesus Christ to have a proper God-given self love not conceited, not arrogant No. Not controlling, not obsessive, no. But with God's love. Love the Lord your God and then receive from him the love that he gives to you. Doesn't that make sense? It does to me. If you disagree with me, please feel free to come and talk to me about it. But then we can avoid self-love deficit. (laughs) And that takes care of codependency. Now, I'll leave my psychological world and come back to the scripture because I want you to know and I want us to look carefully at what I read for you a moment ago. So if you don't, I'm not going to put it on the screen. I want you to be able to see outside. I love that window behind me. I'm a little jealous because y'all get to look this way and all you get to look at is me. Sorry, but I look at you beautiful people, but you also get to look it out the window. But in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and if you have your Bible or get a Bible, or I want to go through this passage of Scripture and just make a few comments about being the body of Christ, interrelated, interdependent, involved, Completely one in unity through and by the love and the power of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 through 27. It says the body is a unit though it is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many they form one body. First statement of unity right there. One body. So it is with Christ. Christ. For we, who's we here, folks? You, me, everybody in the room. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, men or women, old or young, black or white. Yes all baptized into one body, one spirit because of Jesus Christ. And we were all given the spirit to drink. Now, isn't that an unusual statement? Do you drink of the spirit? Do you drink of the Holy Spirit? Do you take him in, in the power and in all of what he would have for you and me? Verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now this body is talking about you and me, the body of the church. And even I wanna emphasize the local church, King's Grant Baptist Church. Now, right here in our neighborhood, there are several other local churches. In our town, in the Tidewater region, there are hundreds of other local churches. But we're talking about this local church and we are one body, made up of many parts right here in this local church, as the Presbyterian church and the Methodist church and anybody else that believes scripture, that they are a local church made up of many parts, but they are one body. So don't feel like that this is real general. This is specific for the one body. It says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cause to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Now that's just a bunch of questions in scripture here that are getting us to think about it, because then in verse 18 it says, But in fact, but in fact, but the truth is, The truth from Jesus Christ, from God's plan is, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, stop and think about that for a minute. Please, we are the body of Jesus Christ right here in this room, in this church, in this building, in our fellowship of King's Grand Baptist Church. And it says that God has arranged the parts that means you and me and your gifts. Are you aware that Scripture says that every person that believes in Jesus Christ has at least one gift from the Holy Spirit? Now, some have two or three or four. But do you know at least the one gift that you have? If you don't, please let us help you with that because that's part of... Of what it says here, in fact, God has arranged or has given the the gifts, the power, the, the skills, the ability for this body part, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You are part of that body. That goes on down in verse 24, and it says, But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that... Now, he's combined all the parts. And you may not be able to stand up here or sit up here and preach. <coughs> Excuse me. You may not be able to, t- to teach like your Bible study class leader. You may not be able to sing like some of these wonderful people sing for us. But you have a gift that is given by the Holy Spirit. And it's there so that you can be a part of this body. And scripture there in verse 25 says, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Now, I want you to just pray for a moment. Now, you don't have to close your eyes or bow your head. I want you to think about our our church, our body. And I want you to think about division versus unity. Now, I'm sorry. I wish we didn't have to think about that. I wish that we just all knew in absolute fact that everything was unified. But there have been some divisions. And when there are divisions, there is one person, one power that is very pleased. And that's Satan. Please understand that. This scripture, part of the reason I'm sharing it with you, part of the reason I'm saying to you that it is part of God's plan to be one body, one spirit complete unity, and we are to embrace being connected to each other is because I hate Satan. I love to fight him. <laughs> I don't want him and his power and his schemes and his trickery to deceive us. I want us to understand that we are and do belong to Jesus Christ. We are the one body of Jesus Christ. So it says. So that there should be no division. In the body. But it, the, the parts should have. Equal concern for each other. If one part suffers. Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored. Every part rejoices with it. Now. And here's the final statement. In this section of scripture. Now you. Are a part of this body of Christ. And each one of you is significant please understand that now i'm going to read real quickly yeah we're only going to be here for another hour i promise we will be done in a short time here but i'm going to read three other passages of scripture that the apostle paul wrote two in ephesians and one in romans about this same theme i'm reading this and sharing it with you because I want you to understand that Scripture is full of this message. It is full of unity. It's full of gifts. It's full of the way we're to treat each other, the way we're to, to suffer together and rejoice together, the way we're to be interrelated and interdependent. Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 19, says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens With God's people and members of God's household. Do you know this scripture in Ephesians 2? It's such a powerful statement. You're no longer aliens and foreigners. But you're part of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. With Christ Jesus himself. As what? The cornerstone. This is the foundation. Christ Jesus himself. In him the whole body, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Please think about this. If you hadn't read that scripture, go back to Ephesians 2, verse 19 through 22. Then in Ephesians 4, and I'm so thankful for this scripture. Because it says to you and me that he, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, Almighty God, that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. Now, what does that mean? I am thrilled right now to be the pastor of King's Grand Baptist Church. It is a privilege. It is a responsibility. It is a challenge for which I pray daily and am thankful that you allow me to be here. And yes, you're going to have a new permanent pastor someday soon. And that person will sit and stand and be before you to declare these things. But right here, it's saying... That he, the Holy Spirit, gives pastors and teachers, your your Bible study teacher, the staff of this church, the leaders of this church are here in order to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature Listen, we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ. That means Jesus Christ's spirit and his model, his example, is full and complete in our body that we have here. Then in Romans 12, verses 3 through 5, it says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgments in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs... Do you realize you belong to each other? Do you realize that we belong to everybody that believes in Jesus Christ and has them in their life? Now, that is community. That is interdependency. That is health in and through the foundation and the spirit of Jesus Christ in our life. So, my question to you is, are we going to continue to live Celebrating independence and individualistic kind of society. I want to say to you that it's my commitment that some of the political correctness that we live with in our society needs to be thrown where? In the trash can. In the trash can. And taken away. Because it's not what God says. I am sharing with you the truth from scripture. I'm sharing with you that God said at the very dawn of of creation, it's not good for man to be alone and from that he created families and tribes and nations and community. And to this very day, regardless of what our society or our politicians or our academic people, regardless of what they say, We need to look, believe, move for what God says. And please, stay away from independence. And if you need to talk to me about that, I've invited you. Please feel free to. But I know what God says. And I'm going to finish with this powerful command and statement from Jesus Christ himself. It's in John 13 chapter verse 34. Remember this is part of his discourse the night before he was crucified. And he said, "A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, you must must love one another." So I'm asking you in and through these scriptures And the fact that this is the truth from Almighty God. Be just as radical, and I use that word by design. Radical means standing against the the tradition. Standing against the common knowledge. Standing against what everybody else thinks. Be radical the same way Jesus is. He says you're supposed to love each other the same way. Now remember what he did the next day after he said that. He went to the cross. And he's saying that you and I are supposed to love in the same way. We must as the body of Christ. Please, let's pray.